0: Amen. Let us turn to the Word of God together. And we're turning this evening to Colossians and to the chapter 3. Colossians and the chapter 3. We have been working our way through Paul's letter to the Colossians. And we're in the third chapter. And we'll move down the chapter tonight to verse 5 as we take up our Bible reading. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh, On the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, Kindness, Humbleness of mind, Meekness, Long-suffering, Forbearing one another, And forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, Even as Christ forgave you, So also do ye. And above all these things, Put on charity which is the bond of perfectness. Amen. We land there at the verse 14. May the Lord add his own blessing to this reading from his own precious and infallible word. I would draw your attention tonight to verse 10. And verse 10 is where we at least start tonight. Verse 10, Paul writes, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, After the image of him that created him. And we're thinking tonight about the strengthening of the Christian. The strengthening of the Christian. If you were with us last time, we were thinking about the slaying of the Christian. And really with that word mortify, where we commenced our Bible reading tonight in verse 5. The word mortify means to put to death Or to slay. And there were certain things referred to in those verses that are to be put to death in the life of the Christian. Those sensual and those social sins which have no place in the life of the believer. And Paul uses the illustration here of putting off and putting on the way we would put off and lay aside a garment and we would perhaps put on another garment. And he has said there in the verse 8 to put off all these things that have to be put off, things that have to be slain and nailed to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul had been referring to the past in verse 7, and he says, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. And so those particular sins that before you were saved, you, you walked in those sins and you lived in those sins. And he's referring to the past life of the believer. And then in verse 8, he's coming to the present life of the believer. And he says, but now ye also put off all these And we took time just to go through those particular sins that were mentioned there, putting those things off. The old sinful garments, as it were, the garments of the old man, and putting on the new garments, the garments of salvation. There's the contrast there. The end of verse 9 and the beginning of verse 10 put off the old man with his deeds in verse 10 and have put on the new man the putting off of the old man and the putting on of the new man and that's a description there of our salvation whereby we become new creatures in Christ Jesus and by the grace of God, the old things pass away, and behold, all things are become new. And then the portion of Scripture that is before us this evening, we're coming to that which is positive, practical Christian living. And those things that as believers we are to, to put on, and they will all come together to the strengthening the building up of the child of God. And so in the few verses that we'll consider together, commencing tonight at verse 10, we're thinking about this strengthening of the Christian. And firstly, we can see here the progress of the Christian. Verse 10 says, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, After the image of him that created him. There are two words there that I draw your attention to in verse 10. The word new and then the word renewed. And of course they are similar words but they are different words. The word new there. Well in the sense that's referring to something that wasn't there before. And therefore, it's new. It wasn't there before. And that, of course, is referring to the new man. That's referring to our salvation, to the new birth, to the new creature in Christ Jesus. You've put on the new man. And then that word renewed, well, that's with the sense of adding to that which is. Already there. And therefore, you can see the distinction between the new and the renewing. And the renewing there has to do with adding a new strength and adding a new vigor and adding to the life that is already there and causing that life to grow and to develop and to become stronger. You see, the new man is salvation, but then it doesn't stop with salvation. It goes on to that renewing of the new man. And whenever you think back to the letter of Paul when he wrote to 2 Corinthians and in 2 Corinthians chapter four and the verse 16, he said, "For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish." Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. There's that word renewed again. And so the inward man is to be renewed day by day. And the Christian life is to be that daily walk with the Lord. And every day in our Christian lives, we ought to be making that progress. And we ought to know something of that renewal day by day. The renewing of the new man. And you can see from our Bible reading in the verse 10 that that renewal comes about through knowledge. Knowledge. Verse 10, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge. And that's what the Apostle Paul desired for these Colossian believers. In fact, that's what he had prayed for, for these Colossian believers. When you glance back to the very first chapter and you look there in the verse 9, and he said, "For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge." Of God. And what was the Apostle Paul praying for in the lives of these Colossians? That they would increase in the knowledge of God's will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and that they would increase in the knowledge of God. That's the knowledge that the Apostle was referring to. Then he says in her text of Scripture, that we are to be renewed in knowledge. And we're renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. It's a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ and the knowledge there is of the Lord Jesus. That's where the apostle Peter has said, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the progress that we're thinking about here. That's the strengthening and the developing of the believer. That's the progress in our walk with the Lord. And we're to be conformed to that image of Christ. Renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. To be more and more day by day, like our Lord and Savior. If we were to, to trace it through with man himself, man was formed, formed by the Lord in creation. And then man was deformed by sin in the fall. And then man is transformed by the grace of God in salvation. And then man is Conformed to the image of God's dear Son. And the more that we increase in the knowledge of Him, the more that we increase in the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and the more that we increase day by day in the Lord, then the more we will be conformed to the image of God's dear Son. And that's the progress that the believer ought to be desiring in their lives. If you glance back to Ephesians, it's not very far back in your New Testament, and you come back to Ephesians chapter 4, and there are many parallel passages between uh, Colossians and Ephesians. And here in Ephesians chapter 4, you can see uh, similar verses as to what we have been considering, when you look there in verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed there's that word again be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And so in these verses, the apostle is showing us that this renewal involves the mind. It involves an understanding. It involves, again, that knowledge. And then in verse 24, he says, And that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Righteousness and true holiness. There are the things that this progress in the Christian life will bring about. This is the progress that the Christian should be seeking in their lives. Being renewed day by day in our walk with God. Being renewed in the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Being renewed in mind and in heart. And that putting on. Of righteousness and of holiness. The righteousness is, of course, Christ's righteousness that is imputed to us and received by faith alone, that robe of Christ's righteousness. That holiness is our living on to the Lord in holiness of life. We don't want to be going backwards in our Christian lives. We don't want to be standing still in our Christian lives. We want to be going forward. We want to be making this progress. And it comes through that renewing that is spoken of in chapter 3 of Colossians and verse 10. But secondly, I want you to notice the position of the Christian. In verse 11 of our Bible reading, I believe it's referring to the position of the believer. It says, Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And speaking about the child of God here, there's a diversity of God's people And you can see the diversity that is spoken of there with the various backgrounds that are being referred to. Take there where it mentions where there is neither Greek nor Jew. That's their nationality. And there are those that come from different backgrounds and different nationalities, and they get saved. And then you can see where it mentions their circumcision or uncircumcision. That would be a reference to their religious background. And before we get saved, there could be many of God's people from different religious backgrounds. Then it says barbarian, Scythian. Well, that was a reference to different cultures. And here the cultures mentioned would be a culture of a low status. And the Scythian was the lowest of all, the lowest form of culture that they could describe here. And so there could be those from lowly, humble backgrounds, but they get saved. And there's such a diversity there, even amongst the church of Jesus Christ. And when he's speaking here to the Colossians, and then he says, Bond nor free. And there's their social standing. Some who were servants or slaves, and others who were free, but whenever they get saved, all different. Such a diversity that is there, but not only the diversity, but the equality. There are words that we hear used today quite a lot. Oh, diversity and equality. And most times when they're used today, they're used to excuse sinful lifestyles and to try and condition society into accepting the sinful lifestyles as, as being normal and being right, but we're speaking about the diversity of the backgrounds of God's people, and then, when they come to faith in Christ, their equality there doesn't matter what their background is doesn't matter what their circumstances have been, that all those earthly differences no longer divide them, they have come to faith in Christ and we're all one in Christ and we're all equal in Christ. Diversity, equality and unity. You see the end of verse 11, but Christ is all and in all. So we come together, we come together with a blessed union. A union through faith in our Lord and Savior. We're In the one family, we're in the one fold, we're brothers and sisters of the Lord. Christ is all and in all. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, Paul has said something similar to the Galatians. And he said, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. He adds that one in when he's speaking to the Galatians. And then he said, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And that's the position of God's people. We're all different. We've all had different backgrounds. All perhaps had different social standings and so forth. But when we come together in Christ, we're, we're all one in Christ Jesus and we're equal before the Lord. And the evidence of this renewing, the renewing of the inner man, the evidence of it is when we come to receive and to love all who are in Christ, all of our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And so as we just bring some thoughts before you tonight from Colossians 3... We've thought there about the progress of the Christian and the position of the Christian. But just thirdly, to think about the practice of the Christian. And we come there to verse 12. And here is what it really means in in practical terms. And the Apostle Paul is speaking here in a very practical way, about that practice, that conduct, that behavior of the child of God. And he's, he's really putting some flesh on the bones here of what he has been speaking about when he says, put on uh, the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Well, what is it that we're to put on? Verse 12 tells us, It's giving us here specific details. And he says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. And just for a few moments, I want us to think about what Paul refers to there in a practical way in verse 12. Next time, we'll come back and move further into verse 13, but just to take a few moments to look at those spiritual clothes that are to adorn the believer. And the first one that he refers to there in verse 12 is bowels of mercies. And that's speaking about compassion. Compassion. Bowels. We wouldn't really use that term. Bible times, they use the term bowels to refer to the seat of our affections. But we would use the term heart, the heart, just in the same way in the Bible, you would read of those bowels of mercies. We could paraphrase that and to say a heart full of mercies. It's the seat of our affections, the seat of our beings. And from that in the life of the believer, there is to be that, that tenderness to others, that heart of compassion that goes out to those around us and to our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And Then you notice the next grace that he makes reference to in verse 12, kindness, kindness. We're commanded in the Word of God to be kind. In Ephesians 4 and in the verse 32 the apostle there says and be ye kind one to another. He commanded the Ephesians be ye kind one to another and here to the Colossians he's saying you need to put on bowels of mercies and you need to put on kindness. And that's what we have experienced from the Lord. We have had all of his tender mercies shown toward us. We have had the kindness of the Lord by way of his grace revealed to us. And if we're going to be more Christ-like then, we would have to be showing that heart that's full of mercies and we would have to be showing that kindness to others, the one to the other. Put those things on. Adorn those graces and those virtues in our Christian lives. And then humbleness of mind. It's the opposite to pride. The opposite to arrogancy, presumption. Just the humbleness of mind. And then meekness. Put on meekness. The illustration that has been used to describe meekness is that the old expression was used whenever a horse was being broken, a wild horse was being broken and tamed, the horse was said to be meeked. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but the horse, whenever it was brought under control, was meked, And what that meant was the, the great power and strength of that beast and that animal had been brought under control. Therefore, meekness is not weakness, but meekness is strength that's brought under control. That's what the Lord does. Moses, who was a man who at a time had a temper, and yet when you read in the life of Moses, he was one of the meekest men that you could come across in the Bible. And that was the progress in his Christian life. And the Lord gave him the grace to be a meek man. And that meek person is strength brought under control. And then the next grace that's there mentioned in verse 12 is long-suffering, long-suffering. If you can recall back some time ago, we did a study on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians five and twenty-two: love, joy, peace, and then long suffering. So this is one of the fruits of the Spirit, and long suffering should be evident in the life of the child of God. If we wanted to get a better understanding of it, you could turn it around the other way. What is long suffering? It's to suffer long. To suffer long. Some people we indicate it in relation to Moses and others that may operate off a short temper, but to be long-suffering is to have a long temper, not a short temper. And therefore, here's the things that that we have to put on. And if we're going to be long-suffering, will be able to exercise that mercy and grace and compassion even to withstand provocation without retaliation. That's part of our completeness in the Lord, to put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. There is progress and practice in the Christian life, and with the Lord, as Paul wrote to the Philippians, and with this I finished tonight, He said in Philippians two and verse five, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant. Was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Let this mind be in you, and may each one of us, day by day, become more and more like our Lord and Saviour jesus christ may the lord bless his word to our hearts this evening and we